Ever dreamt of quitting your job, selling your possessions, and traveling the world? We did, and now we're making it a reality and a podcast. Welcome to Live Let Rome, a travel podcast. I'm Christy. And this is Eric. Join us on our travel adventures as we look to educate and inspire you to travel more and get the most out of each travel experience. Welcome to episode two of Live Let Rome. On this episode, we thought it'd be a good idea to take you through our experience on preparing to travel the world for an extended time. Of course, each and every situation will differ. Many of these tips and tricks will apply to any trip duration. So, Christy, let's take off. All right. I'm going to start my side of the conversation here about how this idea came about from the beginning. Traveling for an extended time is not a unique dream, but it seems to be an unattainable one. From my experience, when I was sharing the news that we would be traveling for long periods of time, the two responses I got, number one was, oh my God, that's a dream. And number two, what are you going to do with your stuff? And for us, that's just how it came about. Often when we're returning from one of our travels, Eric and I would discuss the option of retiring overseas or taking an extended time traveling in a certain region or area, in quotations, when we get older. Now, when he mentioned this idea of traveling for extended time and he was serious and he had a plan, I was like, let me hear this. We are both pretty responsible about finances, but still the reflex of can we afford to do this occurred to both of us. So during COVID, like many of us, I had some extended time on my hands. And I looked at this as as an opportunity to hone some of my skills. So I started with sourdough baking and uh, it was pretty good. I made some pretty good loaves, right? Not too bad. But I chose to develop the key skills of personal finance and investing focused on the other kind of bread. (laughs) Is it possible to take some time off work and travel? You know, with saving, proper budgeting and investing and planning, the answer is yes, it's possible. Um, So some of the resources I took a lot away from were... Bigger Pockets Money podcast. It's been around a while, and you can search many different topics on that podcast. And uh, they interviewed a lot of people that have traveled for many months or years or indefinitely. And I was fascinated about the concept of how people could do that and how they could afford to do it. And I also checked out a book, uh, Christy Shen, uh, her book, Quit Like a Millionaire, which uh goes into more of the mechanics of actually how to do this in detail. So I'll put some links uh, in these in our show notes for you to check out. But let me summarize a few key points. So one of the things is to really keep it simple. Keep your investing and your planning according to goals and take action are some of the keys to success. So keep in mind, this is a travel podcast, not a finance podcast. Yet remember, you still need to fund your travels, which is a key part of this planning saving and budgeting process. So one term I focused on in the research in reference to travel was the concept of geographical arbitrage. This is a term to know well if you want to travel more. So how the concept works is that you earn money in a strong currency, let's say American dollars, and you spend in a destination with a weaker currency or cost of living. 
So, for example, a month's stay in a luxury apartment in Argentina is about 10 times less the cost of New York City apartments. Oh, and by the way, a whole filet mignon barbecue steak is just pennies on the dollar compared to the city that doesn't sleep. So we're going to talk a little bit more about financials in a separate episode and provide some guidance on how we budget for travel. From now till then, we'll place some links again to these podcasts and books, and I'd recommend checking them out, and we might refer to them again in future episodes. Now, don't get me wrong. I would have packed up my stuff and left right there, but the responsible side of me had to come up with a plan to secure all our options. We will try to simplify what we came up with in a plan, starting with number one, the evaluation. So as part of the evaluation, we looked at several questions, which was, you know, how long are we going to go? Where do we want to go? When we're going to leave? And what we're going to do with our stuff? Later, we'll talk some high-level financials and trip planning in more detail. But to start, it was really making that decision to travel near the end of 2021. We basically, we did the research, we looked at the facts, and we knew we could do it, but did we want to do it? And I think that was when we really made that decision. It was like a relief to say, yes, we're going to travel full-time. It was pretty cool. We're like, okay, I'm down for it. When are we going to do this? And that's something with COVID happening right now that definitely affected when we can leave and where we could go. So we wanted to give more time in between. So that's something that is atypical in terms of planning stages where your typical things that affect you are your apartment, your car, your finances and such. Yeah. So it really does take a few months when you're planning an extended trip like we are, and we don't know exactly how long we're going for, but it takes at least two to three months to get these things in order. You know, one of the biggest questions that we started with was our stuff, to store or not to store? That is the question, right? Mm -hmm. So we thought about that. We'll break that down in a little bit, but we really wanted to get our handle on planning our first month of travel. And to fund that travel, one of the smart travel hacks you can use is credit cards using points and miles to actually get free flights. And lo and behold, we got our one-way tickets to Madrid for $5 each, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and that's something that we have done in our travels before, using the point system and all those little extras that cards give you to help fund a lot of our travel, but basically taking that logic and blowing it up and applying it to what we're doing right now. And one of the other travel hacks that we'll use and we'll talk more about in detail is using Airbnb to travel for longer periods of time. If you stay two, three, or four weeks on Airbnb, sometimes you get a 50% discount, which can really stretch that dollar and get you to some pretty cool places for a lot lower cost. Also, by starting our travel in March, we're traveling in an off-season, so you can go to different destinations. So next, it was like, well, what are we going to do while we travel? We want to stay busy. We want to stay productive and sharp. And that's where the idea came of starting this podcast and blog. So we'll share how we did this, but it is a great way to really hone our craft as podcasters and learn how to do this. The other thing, of course, about the podcast and blog was to make sure I'm communicating with my families to let them know I'm okay and I'm safe and I'm sound. It gives another avenue of making sure that they know where I am at all points. So travel experts, yes. Professional podcasters, 
Well, we're still working on that one. Definitely. So number two, we're going to talk about them making that official plan with milestones. The plan is more than just about the money and getting stuff done. My background is in retail management and those timelines and the way of working came to my benefit here. For me, a lot of my job is, yes, we need to get it done. Now you have to gather a lot of folks and a lot of moving pieces of the puzzle to get that done. And for me, that was simple as utilizing the notes app on my phone to start off uh, making a major time milestones. When we would have to give notice, so Eric mentioned that we decided we're going to start, have our leave date in March. When do we have to give notice? For our apartment, for our jobs. Um, when do we have to change accounts? When do we have to get doctor's appointments in by? And just keeping good old paper lists to keep you on track on a weekly basis. We also thought about the plan on how to get rid of stuff and keeping us both on track with that. The last but not least of thinking about making that plan, I looked at spatial management and presentation. My artist background has helped me with this, or it could also be my excess playing of Tetris in my younger years. But the ideas for packing for storage for our trip and also the presentation really take you that extra mile and benefit when in the planning process. So what to do with your stuff? We're going to outline the seven ways to manage your stuff preparing for long-term world travel. Everything has some value that may be emotional or otherwise. The way we looked at categorizing what we had was to put it into a couple different niches. What was the best items that we wanted to keep? What are the items we wanted to sell? What are the items we wanted to travel and bring along with us? What are the items we're going to donate? And what are the items we're going to trash? Yeah, so number one on our list is the Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist. And really, both platforms are still the best one-two punch to try to get rid of stuff. And it's a great place to start because you can probably get the most profit and value. And it's probably the easiest and quickest way to get rid of your stuff. So have some funny stories on meeting some interesting folks along the way. But again, don't share your phone number. Don't share your email. Don't do any of that. We like to meet in a public space. Control where you're going to meet, whether it be a church parking lot or a library, things of that nature. But actually done really, really well on both Facebook and Craigslist selling uh, the top ticket items. Yeah, so when we looked at Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, it's important to see some of those niche items that are specifically looking for. So we sold music instruments, we sold furniture pieces with a specific style. That way you get the most bang for your buck. Yeah, so number two coming in is garage sales and flea markets. We actually landed at garage sale as our technique. And you might be thinking November, December, garage sale in the winter. Well, yes, you can. And we did. Yeah, uh, we thought of it in terms of looking at what our market audience was in terms of who was going to buy our stuff. We thought things we'd like to do. And we found great pieces ourselves when we were moving into our apartment from garage sales that this was a great opportunity to then sell our stuff. So we came upon the decision since Eric goes away every November to visit his family for Thanksgiving, and they have a nice beefy house that we would load up the car and have him put on a nice little shop. Yeah, so between mashing the potatoes and making the gravy, mm -hmm. uh, 
actually the day after Thanksgiving, eating the stuffing and all the turkey, we also did a garage sale. We put some signs up. We posted an ad on Facebook and actually sold pretty well, even during three inches of snow falling yeah. in Metro Detroit. So it was pretty cool. Uh, and I think we sold about $330 in like two days of the sale. That's and commitment. That's commitment. And the one lesson we learned is actually clothes don't really sell that well at garage sale. Everything else did, electronics and uh, knickknacks and tiki items from Hawaii and things like that sell really well. However, the clothes did it. So that brings up number three. Yeah. Your clothes and your accessory items, what to do with that. So secondhand stores was we found was as a valuable tool. Now, when you go to secondhand stores, there is consignment and there's also stores that just give you a percentage of that retail item. Those are the general two categories on how they fall. We tried these two companies with us that we did see that they have other locations in other states that was Plato's Closet and Buffalo Exchange and what I liked about it is they're really clear concise and especially in these COVID times you could book an appointment with one one was a free walk-in you had to have your items in clean and good condition you left it with them and basically you come back in a half hour or so and they told you right on the spot how many items they were taking, and this was the items that you would they would pay for them. And for us, that was a clean example. That's something, a way that you can just and have immediate impact right there. Yeah, and interestingly enough, they took more men's clothes than women's clothes. So again, it's all, from what we learned, we're slowly reducing through the, through the items, through these techniques. So, yeah. So number four, once you've gone through these, is... This is Poshmark. So tell us about Poshmark. So when some items that didn't sell on those secondhand store options, they were still pretty great unique items, but I still had to whittle down my stuff. So I looked at the online marketplace. Now I settled upon Poshmark. There's also a host of other sites, but I felt Poshmark was simplified. I did have friends that had used Poshmark and it's a simplified experience to post, to sell, to exchange just anywhere from the shipping value. Now, for me in Poshmark, the things I found that sold better was more unique pieces of clothing, keeping it under a weight limit, so nothing too bulky, so I wouldn't have to pay any additional shipping charges, but it was easier to find those items. Yeah, and so some jewelry also sold on Poshmark, which was, again, where do you sell some of these items? That's the perfect place. So coming in at number five is recycling old electronics and actually getting some money for that. So one of the places that we went to are these eco ATMs that are sprinkled around, at least in the Atlanta area, but I'm sure they're taking off in other metro areas. But essentially you find an old iPad or an old phone that's cracked or doesn't work or doesn't have much value. You take it up to these machines, you plug it in, they check it, and, you know, they give you 18 20 or $10 for something that you might just throw away because it really doesn't work, doesn't have much value. And it's also good for the environment. They take it in a certain way um, to recycle the, the the goods inside. So it's a good way to take care of that. Yeah, especially in these COVID times, we've seen in the news where a lot of these batteries and microchips are in need. So being able to get these back into the marketplace helps to continue that. Even if these items are not any dollar percentage-wise, I know there's recycling electronics programs available through Best Buy and even through Apple. So 
don't throw these in your landfills, making sure you're taking it to a reputable place where they, they then can recycle. In terms of our next top way to manage your stuff would be emotional connections. Number six, when we're looking at emotional connections, these may be items anywhere from clothing pieces, cards, jewelry, a variety of stuff. For me, what I do in terms of emotional connections is I kind of whittle a couple things down. So I do keep a lot of cards, loving cards that I receive from my family and husband. And then also maybe memories of especially memorable experiences. But I keep it in a memory box. So that way it fills in the box. That's what I have. I'm also not keeping it in a memory room or a memory basement. Thus your life gets away from you. Yeah, and it's great to have parents that allow us to store those memory boxes at their house. Well, this is a small memory box, and this is why I say not a memory basement, because we're talking about minimizing and reducing our stuff, so that's important. So a couple things I thought of doing with some of these items. Now, I kept Christmas cards from throughout the years of my family and friends that gave me. I use those cards to then create new Christmas cards for this year. So what I liked is being able to share the wealth. One, that saved me the money of Christmas cards and purchasing them. Two, it kind of was a more meaningful moment in terms of saying, hey, I kind of recognize that little corner piece of a card I sent you a couple of years back. Uh, and three, that you're really connecting on a greater level besides just throwing money at something. I thought that was really important. And then as you revisit some of these emotional connections, you might find that you might want to go back to the five topics above. You might be selling some items. You might be going to secondhand stores or Facebook marketplaces. It kind of helps you evaluate and reduce those. And coming in at last, number seven is really the joy in making donations at your local Salvation Army or church that needs these items and people Mm -hmm. need these items that you, instead of tossing them in a landfill, you can put them to use in your community. And there's a lot of joy in that, you know, giving around, especially around the holidays. And we have delivered several bags uh, to these organizations. And so this is how, these are the top seven ways to avoid a storage facility and monthly costs and to literally get rid of all your stuff or find a place for it if you don't get rid of it, uh, which saves money and also saves kind of just baggage around you, you know. And really to wrap up, sales from these channels actually funded our first full month of travel. That's part of the flight. That's the hotels. That's the food, everything. What was the amount? Uh, about $3,400 in yes, total. With a couple things still coming in under the wire. I think we got some melted tongs and some baking dishes. Now, so if now we're addicted to the selling <laughs> process. But it feels so good to just get rid of all the stuff because we're going with two roller luggage and two backpacks and that's it. Not a lot coming with us. Sounds so. good. Cool. Wrapping it up, what have we learned today? Make traveling around the world an attainable dream through research and financial planning. And also remember, geographical arbitrage is a travel technique to jumpstart your long-term travel budget by leveraging the power of the U.S. dollar in select countries around the world. And when you make that plan, make sure you give yourself enough time, about two to three months minimum, so you can plan effectively. This includes making a plan for your stuff. These sales can further fund your months of travel. And seek advice and support from friends and family. Remember, keep the small things that mean the most to you and sell the rest to help fund your travel. 
For the next episode, we're going to dive into the packing and planning of our actual trip locations. So stay tuned. The fun stuff's about to come. Remember, our goal is to educate and inspire you to take your next adventure near or far. So what are you waiting for? Thank you for tuning in to Live, Let, Rome. Visit our website for more to see and read at liveletrome.com. Or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Simply search Live Let Rome. Our podcast is free wherever you listen. Be sure to subscribe. To support Live Let Rome, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Feel free to drop us an email at liveletrome at gmail.com and include your show questions, recommendations, or to share your travel adventures and we may feature you on an upcoming episode. So until next time, get out and roam.